MLM Nation, episode 675. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, are you driven by purpose or just by money? Is network marketing all about the fancy cars, mansions, or the quote-unquote lifestyle, or there more to it? Now, if you're driven by purpose, go check out this new group called Purpose Driven Networkers. Not only do we have a higher calling, but we also have a five-step system that we use to help get your next customer or rep immediately. Go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Justin Prince. Hey, Justin, are you ready to make it happen? Brother, what's going on? I, uh, I'm looking at your card collection behind you. It looks unbelievable. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hey, we can talk about uh, sports cards all day, but today we want to talk about your experience. And for those uh, who don't know Justin Prince, Justin Prince is a family man, entrepreneur, author, international speaker, and a network marketing leader. He went from selling out of a tiny little mall kiosk with no college education to building four different multi-million dollar businesses that generate over $2 billion in total revenue and over 4 million customers. He has shared his, his passion and success story in over 20 countries around the world and continues to inspire over 1 million people a day from his social media platforms. So Justin, welcome to the show. I'll give an Nation a brief background, but please take us back to your history. How did you go from uh, and the more kiosk? And what were you selling? And how did you get into network marketing? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm from, my wife and I live in Southern Utah. So the Red Rocks of Southern Utah. And we have four kids from 17 down to nine. So bookend boys and then a 14 and 12 year old little girls in the middle. Um, I came from a kind of a middle-class family. My folks were divorced when I was 12. We moved 13 times in the next seven years, kind of through those teenage years. I had no college education. I had no professional background. I was making pizzas. I was doing construction work. And then the, the job you're talking about, uh, I worked at a mall kiosk selling cartoon Bible movies. And I tease people like the mall is where all of us older people used to go when the Amazon was a river. We would hang out at the mall. And the mall had, uh, you'd walk around and you'd have these kiosks, you know, these kiosk workers. And they're like, they're the people you try to like not make eye contact with because they would like they would like suck you into their mall kiosk. That was my job, you know, was to sell these Bible videos. And I always had big dreams. I always had big goals. I always kind of wanted to do something with my life, but I just didn't have the right vehicle. I didn't have the right kind of opportunity. I used to ask my dad, I was like, Dad, how do I find the right opportunity? He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep, you know, keep succeeding and, and things will come to you. And so I was introduced to networking when I was 25. And Simon, it's interesting because I had all I knew about network marketing or multi-level marketing or direct sales is I didn't want to know anything else. I was just super skeptical about the whole concept. But what I fell in love with was this, the idea that you could work for three or four or five years of your life. You could build an income stream that could potentially follow you for decades. You could help people. Uh, you could talk about you know nutrition or wellness or health or help people to uh, succeed in business. I was just like, once I, you can own your own business. Once I kind of got past my skepticism, like kind of my natural skepticism, I was like, I'm in, like, let's do this thing. And so uh, the short story for me is this. My first business failed. The company failed. The company went out of business. And some of your listeners will be able to relate to this where, you know, one day you're in business, one day you're not. And it was it was painful. I had grown man tears falling down my face. I was not one of those 
overnight success stories that you hear in network marketing. You know, they're like, you know, like one day I joined and it was super hard. And the next thing you knew, I was a superhero. That was not my, not my journey. You know, uh, at that point I was, I was, I was below zero financially. Uh, you know, I was back on credit cards, back on taxes. I was just kind of in a tough economic situation. Uh, at one point I moved my pregnant wife and our then two kids into the loft of my wife's parents' garage. So check this out, Simon. I, I am now in my second network marketing company. The first one had failed. You know, the business had, had gone out of business. Uh, I have two part-time jobs. I'm back selling the, the animated Bible videos, but what I was doing is selling them at weekend events and fairs all over the country. So now I'm like kind of traveling all over the place to sell these videos on the weekends. And then during the weeknights, I would sell a, a food storage product, a 25-year shelf life food storage product. Here in Utah, we're an interesting group. You know what I'm saying? So like you like you like taste this stuff, you just add water, you're like, tastes great, tastes great. And so I'm I'm hustling two part-time jobs. I'm living in the loft of my wife's parents' garage. My two kids sleep in a closet. My wife and I are in the bed. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? There was no kidding. There was many nights, <laughs> many sleepless nights where I'd, you know, it's one or two in the morning. I'd say to my wife, it's pitch black in the room. And I'm like, are you awake? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. She goes, are you awake? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, honey, am I crazy? Like, am I chasing a fake dream? Is this ever going to be real for us? And the truth was, it was all just part of the journey. I tell people there's like a dream, struggle, victory, and they're equal. So like what we want in life is like big dreams, small struggle, big victory. It's kind of wish the way we wish it was. And it's just not how it works. It's like if you have a big dream, you have then signed yourself up for a struggle equal to or commensurate to the size of the dream and then a victory equal to the size of the struggle. And so, you know, I ultimately uh I ultimately kind of figured that business out. I became one of the fastest growing distributors we had anywhere in the in the country. I was actually traveling all over the world. I was speaking in Moscow and Umsk, Russia and Amadi, Kazakhstan when I was 29. And I ultimately sold that business, got out of networking for two years. I was doing private equity consulting. And then my current business, I came in as a part of a consulting team originally to help them transform a 25-year-old company. We, we created a new business model, a new idea, a new concept, and the whole thing. And so I... About eight years ago, I said, you know what, about seven and a half years ago, I said, I'm, I'm in. I want to do this. I wanted to like leave being a consultant and go into the field and launched a new team. You know, that team has acquired over four million customers, generated over two billion in sales. Uh, I've become the number one earner in the world in my in my business and or in our company, if you will. And then I become one of the top, if not the very top earner in the world right now in network marketing. It's just crazy what's happened. And so I, I share that with people to say. I know if for regardless of kind of where you're at in the journey, whether you're just getting started and you're kind of wondering, is it possible for you? Maybe you're in that like part-time income space. If you're making a few hundred, maybe a few thousand, maybe you're kind of in that mid, that mid section where you're making, you're probably making enough to maybe go full-time, but not quite enough, but, but you, you could like can see the, the income. And then also know what it's like to make a business, you know, a, a, an incredible living and travel the world and do the whole thing. So it's, um, it's been an incredible ride and, uh, I'm a proponent of, of network marketing. I'm a proponent of the power of what we do in this profession, for sure. Well, you said you weren't an overnight success. How were your first couple of, uh, what was it like in your first experience? I, mean, I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I had a lot of energy and passion and, and like heart, but I, I struggled. I struggled. My skills weren't very good. And, you know, it's interesting. I look back now and... There's times where I remember I spent so much time wondering, is it possible for me? 
don't know if any of you guys have ever had this happen where you're like, you see other people succeeding, like the people crossing the stage or the people on the call or on the Zoom or, you know, whatever it is on the stage. And they seem so happy and they seem so successful. And you kind of wonder to yourself, you know, did maybe they get something I didn't get? Was there a timing element to it? Was there a placement or positioning element to it? Was there was there just a personality element to it? Is there just something they have I don't have, you know? And I wondered that. And I, I remember sitting in the back of events, big, huge events. And I'm embarrassed to admit this now, but it's just the honest emotion I was feeling at the time. Like I see all these rich, happy people. Now, your first event, you're just like so inspired by everybody. You're like, this is amazing. But you're like, 10th event, you're like, you know, back in the back. And they're like, please, welcome to the stage. Superstar ninja, you know, so-and-so. And then they walk across the stage. And I'm back in the back like, like clapping. <laughs> dude, just like, I am so happy for your success, you know? And again, I'm, I was a little cynical and I look back now and probably, you know, needed to change my attitude. But it was interesting because I, I thought they had something I didn't have or they had uh, potential or, you know, they were living a life I couldn't live. And I look back now, it was just it was all part of the process. It was all part of the journey. In fact, I was those struggles. Tell people your struggle is not your story. Your how you overcame the struggle is your story. But people will, will relate more to your struggles than your victories. So in other words, you're in the middle of the struggle section. Take good notes. Remember these emotions. Remember what you're going through. The bigger the struggle, the bigger the story. The bigger the struggle, the louder the applause when you cross the stage, my friend. Like when you get over this or get through this. Now, the key is this, though. Don't own this section. <laughs> don't own the struggle section. What I mean by that is a lot of times people are like, you don't understand what's happened to me, Simon. I've been through this. And by the way, they're real things. I'm not I'm not discrediting any of the, the realness or the the weight or the gravity of what you've been through. But they say, you don't understand. I've been through this and I've been through this and I've been through this. All of these painful things they've been through in their life. And so therefore, that's where I am. And, you know, I remember a friend of mine, he he, he was a hunter out here in Salt Lake City. And he showed me his iPhone like this. And it was a picture of a, of a mule deer. If you guys know what a mule deer is, it's a big buck, a big uh, a male mule deer that has these big, huge antlers like this. And the, the, the bucks, the males, will fight for dominance. They'll clash their antlers like this to fight for dominance in the, in the mountains. This picture was two mule deer that their antlers had gotten caught together like this. And the one had died. It had been so long it had died. So can you imagine the second buck? was carrying the first one, a uh, dragging it up and down the mountainside. Oh my gosh, it's the, the pressure and the weight and the stress and the strain. By the way, it's going to kill the buck. You can't do this forever, right? You can't drag this forever. So what the, he slides his phone over like this, slides the picture over, and it's a picture of a guy with a shovel. He'd gotten out of his car to see if he could like help the, help the deer. And then he, he shows me the next picture, and it's the deer had gotten free. It was a picture of the deer kind of walking away. Now, the, the one deer had died. It's laying there. And then the other deer is walking away. And you're like, hallelujah, it made it. Oh, my gosh, it did it. And he goes like this. He swipes one more picture. The big buck had come back. And it's a picture of him going after the, the dead deer again. And you're thinking, why is it doing this? And I think we do sometimes the same things. We identify so much with our struggle, so much with the pains we've been through, the hurts we've been through, the failures that we have, that even when we have a chance to break free from those, We've identified ourselves with the divorce. We've identified ourselves with the bankruptcy. We've identified ourselves with the addiction. We've identified ourselves with, you know, the pains that we've been through. We identify ourselves as the person that can't figure it out. And that's become our identity. And what I would encourage you to do is to update your new identity, like, and step into like, create your future with your future, not your past. So don't create your future with your past. Because sometimes our past aren't that awesome. You create your future 
with your future, not your past, meaning the future vision of who you are, the, the person that you were born to become. So you're always growing into that potential. And the way I would say to you is this, you are not who you are, you are who you were born to become. You're not who you were when you were seven, although when you were seven, you were seven, I get it. When you were 17, you were 17. When you were 27, you were 27. But that's not who you are now, because now you're older, now you're wiser, now you've grown into it. So you're always chasing your potential, growing into that future vision of yourself. And that's it's crazy, Simon. I look back now, and when I was in that grind, just that pure struggle section of those years and years and years of trying to figure out this whole network marketing thing, you know, you started to identify with the guys. I sat in the back of the room, not on stage, for example. You know, I was the little leader that sat in the back versus the big leader on the stage, or I was the one that took notes at the event versus spoke at the event, or I was the one that listened to the Zoom versus spoke on the Zoom. And I started to identify that way, and I kept having to press myself to say, listen, you've got more in you. You know, you can do this. And um, I was fortunate, you know, the foundation of your success is believing in yourself. So you got to believe in you. But then I was also fortunate, you know, you and I were going to talk about this just before we started today. We're both products of great mentors. You know, we're both blessed that we had great mentors in our life that poured into us. And Abraham Lincoln said, I'm a success today because I had friends who believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let them down. And that's, that's sometimes how it works. So uh, it was a combination of those things that got me through that struggle section into this victory section. And now I can, you know, dream bigger dreams and inspire other people to do the same thing. I want to ask you this question. I want to see your uh, take on it. So um, if someone was in the same company for four years and really doesn't have much of a team, so you could team of like three people, four people, how can she go convince someone that, hey, she's got a great opportunity? That's such a, it's such a good question. By the way, this is maybe this question is one of the most underserved questions in our profession. Because the truth is, a lot of people can relate right to what you just said. In other words, you know, we talk a lot about launching in network marketing, launching your business, launching your team, or, or we use the word building a lot, build your team, build your business, that kind of thing. What we don't talk enough about is relaunching your business and rebuilding your business, rebuilding your team. So the way that the world works as we, it's a series of launches and relaunches or building and rebuilding or setting and resetting. I'll give you an example. Uh, after the harshest uh, winter comes what? <laughs> comes spring. The world resets. Uh, after the darkest night comes what? Comes dawn. The earth resets. Your body has millions and millions of cells that die and millions of cells that are reborn. Your body resets or rebuilds itself. If you look at New York City or Las Vegas, New York City and Las Vegas were rebuilt on top of New York City and Las Vegas. In other words, there was original people that built it and then they rebuilt it. So sometimes, you know, you say, I build up a team. I have three or four people on my team. What you need to do is you need to press relaunch, reset. And you say, yeah, but how do I, what story am I going to go tell? Because you guys know how it is. The longer you've done it. And then someone says, well, how's it going for you? It can feel a little, a little daunting to be like, crap, you know, I've been doing this for four years. I'm not making that much money. Okay. I, I, I follow that. Couple quick thoughts I would say. Number one, how do you answer the question of how is it going for you? How are you doing when you're actually not doing what you, you're not doing as well as you would hope, right? Uh, one of the ways you can do it is you can, you can use a client or customer that you already have that you've helped recently get success. So Simon, imagine you're on my team or imagine that you ask me that question. I say, how's your business going? Say, you know what? I actually just recently helped one of my new team members named Simon. He uh, enrolled three people in his first week or in his first month, or I had a customer, how's it going for you? You know, it's going, it's going well. I just helped a customer of mine to lose 10 pounds in their first, you know, six weeks on our program. So that's honest. That is showing success that you're helping clients have. Cause remember, it's not all about you. 
Let me say this to you as well, my friend. Sometimes we say, we let the sins of the parents be the sins of the kids. And what I mean by that is like, it's like, yo, you may have sucked for the last four years. Okay, that sucks. I, you know, you've been learning, you've been growing. Maybe your, your, your success hasn't been what you wanted. Okay, that doesn't mean that if Simon joins you, he has to suck for four years too. Like, don't put that on him. Because sometimes people in your team can go faster than you can go. I remember in my business, I'd gotten to a, a, a rank. I'm trying to think, it maybe be, let's say four, three or four ranks up the plan, something like that. So kind of in the, I'm still in the lower ranks, but I've, I've moved a couple of times. So I'm three or four ranks up the plan. And I was there for about two years at this point, two years. I recruited a guy who went past my four or five, those three or four ranks. He went past him to like rank five in his first month. So, and you say, whoa, you got lucky. You found it, found it. No, 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 no. I was not lucky that I got him. He was lucky he got me. And what I mean by that is not an arrogant term. I mean that to say I had improved so much at getting people started, at mentoring and coaching, at recruiting. So I was better. So when he was ready, I was a better mentor. I was a better sponsor. I was better. I, I'd, I'd blown it so many times. I'd learned a lot in the process. And so he would have, if honestly, if he would have had me two years earlier, he would have just fizzled out. It, it wouldn't have gone good, but, but I was, I was, I had improved. And what had happened is also, boom, your business kind of takes a jump. So how you can, that's the first thing I would share is just share a recent success story of a recent client, recent customer. It's not about you. It's not about what you could accomplish. It's about what they could accomplish. I'll give you an example. If I own a Subway franchise, Simon, and I suck at running Subway, I'm just not good at it. I, I, I just, I don't run a very profitable, you know, uh, location. That doesn't mean that you're not going to. So my second piece of advice is share what's possible for others because it doesn't always have to be what's possible for you. What's possible for you doesn't necessarily have to translate what's possible for them. What's possible for them is what's possible for them, meaning their work ethic, their desire, their skill sets, their, what are they looking to accomplish? Just because you haven't accomplished it doesn't mean they can't. The guy that introduced me to network marketing quit. The guy that introduced him quit. And that guy was introduced by the company. So I was like on orphan island. So I had no one to look up to and say, well, it's possible for them. I just was just like hoping it could work out. And so you're in your guys' companies, you have people that are succeeding and winning. And so maybe use their stories, that third party testimonial, that third party story. And what's interesting is those stories oftentimes can validate, you know, where things are going. And the third thing I would just say is this. I think it's okay just to be 100% honest with people and just say, you know, you, you use client or customer success story. You can validate with the stories of others. And then you can simply say, hey, listen, I've been working for the last four years building my skill sets, building my repertoire. Like I'm building my passion and my understanding and I'm relaunching my business right now. I'm going all in on my business right now. And I really think these next one year is going to be different than the last four. You know, Simon, I'll share this with you. I won't make an income claim as far as how much it is, but check this out. It took me 14 years, 14 years to build to a, a, a one of the top incomes in network marketing, right? 14 years to build to one of the top. And I'm saying 14 meaning the, like the total duration, not just amount, it was the whole experience. And in two years, in the last two, I've times that income by 12. So I've 12X that income that took me 14 years to build. So what, what's the point? What's the moral? The moral of the story is my friends, it, just because it took 12 years doesn't mean it has to take 12 years. Or just because it took 14 years doesn't mean it has to take 14 more years. Your next six months to a year could dramatically change what's done the last four years. I 12 times what I did in 14 years in two years. 
And that was not on a small base. <laughs> you know, that was not like on a, like, I went from a dollar to 12, you know, that kind of thing. It was on a, it was on a large base. And I share that with you to say, once you learn the skills, once you build the momentum, you can, you can exponentially change the next four years of your career. They don't have to be like the first four years. Hey, that's awesome. A lot of gold there. I'm going to uh, cover these things in a recap. Uh, next question for you, uh, Justin. Yeah, going back to when you were staying at your uh, in-laws loft, what was the aha moment, turning point that turned things around? Um, I, I'm trying to think if there was like a moment because the truth is there was a combination of a lot of moments. Some of them were not giving up when I wanted to give up. Some of them were kind of continuing to you know, persist until I succeeded. Uh, but what really happened was I found some of the right people. I just worked and worked and worked and I found some of the right people. You know, Napoleon says, don't tell me how many troops they have. Tell me who their generals are. My friends, if I could, if I could simplify network marketing for you, seriously, if I could simplify it down into two concepts, here's the two concepts. There's only two types of people in the world. There's two types. Number one is you have connectors. And number two is you have builders. A connector connects you to builders and a builder builds. So Simon and I are builders. You were listening, you're a builder. How do I know? Because you build stuff. You know, builders create and build. We build teams, we build customer bases, we build people's belief, we build their confidence. Like we're builders. That's what builders do is we build things. Uh, what is a connector? A connector connection to a builder. The guy that recruited this guy who recruited me, connector, connector to a builder. They both quit. I was I wasn't gonna quit. I was a builder. So that's how it works. Two types of people in the world. Okay, second concept you want to know is this: it's not how many troops they have, it's who their generals are. You only need three or four or five good people, you know, in network marketing. And I want to point something out before we get into this conversation. You know, Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. I would say, be the leader you wish to see in your team. So in other words, don't hope that like all of a sudden you're going to get lucky and find a good person. No, 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 no. You go become the good person. You build the skills. You pay the price. Like I ask people, and I'd encourage you to ask yourself this. Would you want you to mentor you? Would you want you to mentor you? Are, like I would want to mentor someone. I'm sure you'd agree with me. I want to mentor the like, does what they say they're going to do, that like walks the walk. You know, they're not just like pontificating. Like they actually do the deal. Well, if that's what you want, are you doing these things every single day? Like, are you the person that you wish to see on your team? Because like, I'm speaking here in two weeks, actually in about 10 days, with John Maxwell and uh, Jimmy Lee McKern and Ed Milet at, uh, at John's event. And I'm speaking on the law of magnetism. So how do you attract, and that law of magnetism, by the way, says you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. <laughs> and so you become the person that attracts the people. That's number one. So become it first. That's number one. Here's the second thing I would share. Is if you were to work, so Simon, check this out. If you were to work for the next year of your life, the next year, 12 months, so you and I got together a year from now, and you got some customers, and you got some team members, and some people quit, and some people didn't, and some customers ordered, and some didn't reorder, and whatever but you found one key person in a year. A year later, you found one key person. Some quit, some didn't, some did it, some order, some don't order, whatever, you found one key person. A year later, one key person. Some quit, some didn't, you know what I'm saying? One year later, some key people. Now that's four years. Now four years, let's say that as on an average, if someone gets a four-year degree right now, they're gonna spend probably somewhere, I would say 75 to 100,000 over four years. That, that is like the books, the tuition, the housing, the track, getting there. So say it's hundred grand, right? Uh, the average income, we'd have to look it up what it is now because we, we, we have the highest average income in America over than we've had over the last 20 years. Uh, it's, at, it's now 61,000 is the average household income, but the average first year college student, I would say is probably 
still probably 45 to 50. And that might be a little aggressive. So let's just say it's 50. And that's being, I think, very, very generous. So you're 100,000 in debt, four years of your life, and you got a $50,000 a year job. My friend, you've worked for four years. You've found four key people in four years. You become a key person that attracts key people. Only four, though, in four years. You attracted other people that didn't do it. Some connected you to some built. You built probably a six-figure or multiple six-figure residual income. A dollar residual income is worth three you have to work for. And you build a, a six-figure, multiple six-figure residual income. You have no debt. Your friend has 100000 in debt and is making a $50,000 a year income, you know, first year in co- out of college. And yet you have four key people. Like, and I don't care, Simon, it doesn't matter what company you're in. Key people are worth their weight in gold. If you were to find the right people, and by the way, you say, do they have to be a big leader? Do they have to be a big network marketer? No, dude. A key person is a key person. Like, it's the realtor that, it, you know, is looking for a change in there. Or it's the mom or the dad or the plumber or the college student. Like, someone that, you know, makes 50 grand a year and wants to make 150. Or someone that had two paper routes when they were little kids. Or someone that makes half a million a year and wants to work half the hours and make the same amount of money. Like, they are hungry and they're industrious and they're fiery. It's someone that works at a mall kiosk like me that has some heart and drive and has hunger and some big dreams. And that's who you're looking for. Dude, Simon, check this out. If someone were to sponsor you, I'm just using this as a theoretical example. They sponsor you, they sponsor me, and they sponsor, you know, one of our friends. They couldn't spend the money. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need an army, dude. You just, it'll turn into an army, but you don't need an army. And so become the person and then go work to attract the two or three or four ride or die key people. In my business, I have 20 what we call elite lines. So elite for us is like 100,000 a month or more. Most of these lines are a million a month or more. But the point is, I have 20 of them, 20 really, really key people in that I personally enrolled. And then they, as you know, Simon, those key people attract key people and it kind of turns into this army of people over time. So that's what I'd share those two concepts. Uh, concept number one, there's builders and connectors. Concept number, you know, number two is you only need three or four builders. So how fast can you put that team together? Awesome stuff. Hey, this is my favorite question. What is your worst moment in network marketing to the point that maybe you may have regrets that uh, you did this, but you didn't quit. And that's why you're the leader you are today. I don't know if this is the worst, but one that comes right immediately to mind. I was at an event in California um, with my very first company and I, I left the event. I was all fired up. I was like, God, let's do this thing. And I went to this little restaurant before I went to the Burbank airport to fly back home. And as I was going through the line, it was one of those ones where you grab a tray and then you kind of go through the line and they, they, you pick out what you want. They serve you the food. And there's this, this gal, I, I believe she was Hispanic, if I remember properly. But the point is young, beautiful smile, just a great girl. Just, I just, I just admired her. I thought she was doing such a good job. And out of total sincerity, I said to her, I said, Hey, listen, I said, um, I don't want to talk to you about it here. I said, I said, man, you have amazing people skills. Yeah, she just she was like above and beyond. She really stood out. And I said, I don't want to talk to you about it here because you're on on the clock here. I said, but if you're open to to you know to options, I'd love to have a chance to chat with you. I said, you know, uh, share with you more about what I do. She's like, um, sure, you know, and whatever. This is back. I think this is even pre social media. So she's like, yeah. Anyway, I go sit down. I'm watching a college basketball game. It was actually Steph Curry when he played for Davidson. I'm watching the game like this. It was during the the, the NCAA tournament. The manager walked over. And he goes, hey, he goes, hey, and I go, I look up, I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, hey, I don't appreciate you recruiting my employees. And on one hand, I wanted to be like, you know what, screw you. Like, like I'm just offering them a good opportunity and whatever. 
On the other hand, I felt terrible. I really did because it was like it was like the right message at the wrong time and place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just wasn't the right time and place. And he was right. I actually agree with I agreed with him. And he basically was like, if you do that again, like you you know you're not welcome back here. And I just he left, and I just I just felt really tacky, and I felt a really like I had a pit in my stomach, like. I did that wrong and I played that wrong and I probably put her in an uncomfortable spot where here I am, you know, she's in the middle of her shift. And I just, I just thought it was just, wasn't the right tone. And I felt bad. I think like, I just felt like this pit in my stomach. I, mean, I remember being like, am I like one of those weird like people that like don't have good people skills and I'm a little bit off. And, and I, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Like I feel like my tact is a little bit higher and it's not that I was doing anything that wrong other than it was wrong you know, uh, Napoleon said half the battle is picking the time and the place. <laughs> and I just picked the wrong time and the wrong place to have that conversation, although she was a, you know, a really sharp and impressive person. And so I, I just have increased my skills since then. My tax increased, my skills have increased, and uh, I just can do it in a, just a much more professional way than kind of pitching someone at, through like a cafeteria line, you know, at a, at a restaurant. How important is consistency? To success. So let me say it to you this way. One of the things we don't talk enough about is why do people fail in network marketing? Like, like, let's just, you know, it's like lay the cards on the table. So if someone's watching them, man, should I quit? Should I keep going? Should I stay? Should I go? Like, if you knew why people quit, then you just kind of avoid those landmines, basically, in essence. And, you know, you're going to win if you avoid all landmines, right? Okay, so there's four reasons people quit. There's four reasons. I'm so sorry. Four reasons they fail. Four reasons people fail. Reason number one is the company fails them. Like my first company, it goes out of business. It doesn't keep its promises. It doesn't reinvest in tech. It doesn't reinvest in product. It just doesn't stay relevant. The company fails. You know, if, if you're competing against uh, Apple and you're like a Samsung, for example, or a Motorola, like the company didn't stay relevant enough where an Apple continued to stay relevant. Okay. So number one, company fails. Uh, company fails you. Number two is you're not coachable. You know, there's a system in place, but you, you know, you're there's a mentoring system and they say left you say right they say up you say down like you just and, and i think we would all agree if you hire the best trainer in the world and you're not coachable or the best coach in the world and you're not coachable your odds of success go way down right number three is you're not consistent so you're in for a week out for a month in for a month out for a year in for a year out for 10 years and you're just there's no consistency and again i think we could all agree that if you're looking to get in great shape and you're not consistent or a great marriage and you're not consistent or anything valuable or anything that's worthwhile in your life and you're not consistent, I think we'd all agree like uh, your odds are not very high if you're not consistent. And then number four is people just quit, you know, and my mentor said it's a self-imposed prison <laughs> is quitting. Like you just two weeks in, you quit. And I can't, I can't help that person, you know, we're two weeks in or we're even two months in or even two years in you quit school in two years and you're mad. You don't have a degree degree. It's just not how it works. So, so you quit. Okay, so here's what I would share with you, Simon. If you're coachable and you're consistent, barring that you have a good company and you're not a quitter, if you're coachable and consistent, you should expect it to work. So if you have the right company and you're not a quitter, if you're coachable and consistent, you should expect your network marketing career to work. Uh, in fact, it's your success is guaranteed. It's inevitable. And once I kind of got that, I was like, man, if my success is inevitable, I'll ask your, your listener, my friend, think of it this way. If your success was inevitable, are you dreaming? If you knew you couldn't fail, are you dreaming big enough right now? Hmm. Would you dream bigger? Are you dreaming the dreams you would dream if you if your success was inevitable? By the way, are you putting in the effort that it would take to make it inevitable, to make your success inevitable? Because if you're coachable and 
consistent, barring you have a good, the right company and you're not a quitter, you should not hope it pans out. You should expect it to work. I create these short three-minute free training sessions to fire you up and to help you out, get going, because we all need motivation like the way we need oxygen. Hey, go check out my daily pep talks, free for everyone, Monday through Saturday. It's on my Instagram and Facebook Live. Start the day being motivated. This will help you stay consistent and do what you need to do. Check it out, my daily pep talk. I look forward to pumping you up. Hey, thank you so much. As we go to the end of the show, some really quick questions, and these can be quick one sentence. Okay, make it quick. I have to pick your brain here. So first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Uh, Probably one that comes to mind is Maxwell, which is everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything's a big word. That's not some things. That's everything. And it will either rise or it will fall on leadership. What's one habit that's helped you become successful? I would say my morning patterns. So morning patterns for me would be the things I listen to, the exercise I put in, like those, my morning patterns, when I really tightened that, I, I went to a, a, to a new level. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Probably similar to what we talked about, which is just understanding that concept that I only needed three or four key people. If it took me a couple of years to put it together, it's worth the grind, worth the hustle. There's, there's more people like, some. there's more people like you and me out there. There's good people out there. And so there's not a, none of us have a, a, a corner on that market. There's good people out there that are looking for what we do. So I, I think that concept was great advice. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect. Do you uh, do a one-on-one phone call? Do you do a Zoom? Do you ATM, use a Facebook group or do a Zoom right yeah. away? What do you like to use? Yeah, I have, I have video, like a, a, a video that I would have them watch. Would you, I, I almost wouldn't even want to talk to them further until they've watched it because it, it, it lays enough of a foundation. And then kind of from there, it'd probably be an ATM. But but the first thing typically is have them watch the video. That That is a good, that, that builds enough context for us to have a further, a further discussion. What's your favorite app on your phone that's not a social media app? Probably Evernote. So Evernote's where I keep all my all my thoughts, like all my notes in my brain, you know, like for just like my speeches and my, just kind of all the stuff I do is, is I'm in Evernote quite a bit. That's cool. I'm taking notes right now in Evernote. With an Apple Pencil. Yeah, good man. Good man. Um, what's two or three books you could recommend? There, I have so many, so I'll make them quick. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Again, there's so many to choose from here. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And then one that had huge impact on me back in the day was Rich Dad Poor Dad. It was a simplistic book, but the concepts really resonated and stuck with me. And so those would be three quick ones. You know what? You can always tell how old someone is. By the books they recommend, and you and I have like yeah. the same same. Those are the three, the, yeah, three <laughs> of my top ten books. <laughs> um, last question. You ready? Is the million dollar question. So imagine, Justin, you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. You didn't know your family. Your contact list on your phone was zero. You had zero social media followers. Everything was zero. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do, or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? Uh, the first thing I would do if I knew no one is I would try and get connected as soon as possible. I'm trying to think how I would do this immediately, but I would, I would get connected to like sharp people. Like I'd start to network with the sharp people. I'd, I'd go, whether it was to an event, I, the truth is I could do this anywhere. I could just be out in the streets and see people who are sharp and just start building relationships. But that's what I would do is find, find sharp people. The NFL doesn't recruit from the high schools. They recruit from the best college kids. So you don't you, you don't have to sit through eight zillion people. You just kind of go to the sharpest ones and sharp, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And 
they can kind of start connecting to the right people. Awesome. Hey, uh, thank you so much. As we wrap up, any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, so if you want to go to IamJustinPrince.com, uh, I'll send you a digital copy of my, my book for free. Uh, obviously on socials, IamJustinPrince.com. You know, my best advice is this, my friends. It's to dream dreams that inspire you. Dream dreams that inspire others. So it's not big enough just to get, move you, but it moves other people. And then uh, make it through your struggle. <laughs> you know, get through that section. And then be humble in victory. You know, when you get there, just remember you're, you know, you're building on internet you didn't create or roads you did, you know, traveling on roads you never paved. So it's all part of the collective of everybody else. So you do all the work like it's up to you, and then you give all the praise like it's up to everybody else. And my mission, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Justin Prince. So keep up the momentum and go to mmission.com. Click, click on the podcast tab and the show notes and where the nuggets of wisdom that Justin shared and also links to his social media profiles will be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in life, in business, and in network marketing, you must help others. So Justin, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with Mission. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you. Thanks, guys. Hey, ML Nation, do you ever struggle with consistency or worried about what, are you saying the wrong thing, what to say back to your prospects? Well, now you don't have to worry. Go check out our BYOB. This is when you and I, we go together on Zoom, and I'll guide you word for word on what to say, and I guarantee you can get at least one interested prospect for your business, service, or products by the end of the session. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out at mlnation.com forward slash B-Y-O-B. Hey, ML Nation. Simon, I'm fired up because of an awesome show from Justin Prince. Lots of great nuggets here. Woo! And I love how, you know, I'm not, it makes me loud and proud of this, of this amazing profession. You don't need a college degree. You don't need, you just need desire, right? The fourth thing, be coachable. Never quit, Right, um, you talk about the four things you need, and why four people fail. But if you do these four things, you be you be successful. Being you know being coachable, being consistent, not quitting, finding the right company, and um, a lot of nuggets here. You talked about his turning point from struggling, and I think this is one of the few times I've heard about this: the dream, struggle, and victory. Often we have big dreams, but the bigger the dream, the bigger the struggle, right? And but when the victory is going to be just as big. But a lot of times we want that dream, we want that struggle, but we don't, we want the dream, we want that victory, but we don't want to deal with that struggle. And the struggle must be the same size. You got a big dream, that means you got to go through a lot of crap, a lot of stuff that you probably haven't grown to be, right? You need to grow. You want a big dream, you need to be grow to that person. You talk about the law of magnetism. You attract not what you want, you attract who you are. Are you consistent? Are you loving? Are you giving? Are you a networker? Right? And you got to work on those skills. And you talk about the struggle, the story, like if you are stuck. And I, I put that question out there because that's a question I get often that, hey, I'm struggling. I don't have a big team. How can I convince people to join? Right? And you talk about the things. Use a recent success story. Right? And also just because you're stuck does not mean that the other person is not successful. Right? Um, and know that the different expectations using a third party. And just sometimes you can be honest with people. Maybe I wasn't consistent. I wasn't serious. But now I'm taking it serious right now, right? And also the expectations, knowing that, knowing that, I'm sorry if you hear this, uh, my OB out there is scratching. Hopefully you can hear the dog leash there. And yeah, by the way, don't edit that out. That's just real. OB, my first son is with me and he's scratching. He hit the dog collar. But sorry about that. But um, talking about expectations, just because it takes you four years to earn a hundred a month does not mean the next, it's going to take you another four years to earn $200 a month. It's about exponential, 
right? You know, for me, you know, Justin shared about his experience. For me, I remember my first two and a half years took me two and a half years to get to a full-time income, like a low $30,000 that time. But then the next year, boom, it tripled that income, right? So things grow exponential, linear, just because the past, don't live in that struggle, don't live in that past. Another great nugget, talk about two types of people, builders and connectors. If someone doesn't build, they're a connector, they will lead you to someone that builds. Right, find and the concept of you don't need that many people. You just need a couple key people. Uh, great nuggets there. This is a show you want to go back and listen to again and again. A lot of nuggets. I'm going to keep this recap short, but just think about the concept of the connectors and builders. People were not building. People are not joining. How can they connect you to the person that joins? Right. The downline that's not doing anything. How can it connect you to someone that wants to build? Right. And the builders. Uh, how can they find more connectors? And finding those key people. You don't need many people. You just need to keep people. And, you know, when he said that, bring my memories of when I first started, uh, my first year, I boarded, you know, recruited 30 something people. They basically all quit. They were customers and best, but I had one key person. And that key person helped me build a million dollar business. Um, and has become, and, and he himself has earned over millions of dollars in commissions. So it's finding that key people, but you got to grow yourself first, right? You got to be coachable, you got consistent, because if you, want to attract better people, you got to be better first. Work on those skills, stay committed, stay consistent. Anyway, thanks again to Justin Prince for a great show. Make sure you click on the, go to mlnation.com, go to the show notes page, follow them, connect with them. And hey, let me know how you like this episode. Leave me a review, subscribe and leave us a review. I appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. And uh, now it's over to you. You got a lot of nuggets there. Go take action on what needs to be done. Take action and go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.